All right, guys, here we go. Hey, guys, welcome to Cult Film and Review, the podcast where you discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we travel 400 years into the future to witness the planet of the punks, because we're talking about Jubilee. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing has turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stay in time. No. Wolfman's gone hard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get old, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Yippee motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. We got one to do. Shout out. Shout out. So make sure you stick around for that. And then make sure you go uh, to YouTube page, like, subscribe there. Check out our episodes that we have up every Monday. A new one will drop. So make sure you check that out. And then uh, head over to ColtFilmAndReview.com. Pick up a t-shirt, support the show. We'd really appreciate that. And then Phoenix Film Bar, we're going to be there back there may uh 10th for buffalo 66 we'll let you know when tickets are available for that but make sure uh you come out to that hopefully we have another sold out show that'd be great uh as always i am joined by kyle smith hey how's it going chris Wilbert. hey what's up and michael Salusio. hello everybody tonight we're talking about jubilee it was directed by derek jarman came out in 1978 and currently has a 100 percent on rotten tomatoes 100 how many reviews Five. That's okay. five reviews. Okay. Wow. Fifty-nine percent right. for users. If you just want to know that, okay. we do. Okay, that's good. Wait, but was this before or after the movie came out? <laughs> this, uh, probably before. <laughs> <laughs> the infant scene when they wrote it on pieces of paper for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, is that one? Yeah. <laughs> Sending pigeons. <laughs> this was Mike's pick. Mick, 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 <laughs> Mike, Mick, Mick you, what's going you're on? Gonna be, hey, brother. You're going to be Mick for the evening. <laughs> a totally different person, persona. It's his well, other person. Well, this is why I picked it, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you, brother, why. He just goes into Hulk Hogan. He starts why? eating a Slim Jim. You're like, why? you're combining so many characters. He he's being Mick Foley, but why that does... doesn't sound anything like Mick Foley. <laughs> that sounds like Hulk Hogan. I don't know why he would choose yeah. that. Mike, this was your pick. Why'd you pick Jubilee? So I stumbled upon this film... Uh, like I think randomly, like I was just uh, like when Filmstruck was still around, I was like, I think it was like one of the first days I had it, and I was like on a spree, you know, like I just want to try everything out, and I came across this film, and like like within the first few minutes, I was like, how is this not a cult film, right? Because I'd never heard of it, yeah, only to find out it's totally a cult film. <laughs> it's been around for. a a while since and 1978. There's a reason why it's on Criterion, like yeah, you know. So I I ended up watching the whole thing. I've probably watched it. This is I think this will be my third time watching this film. Um, it was an interesting watch when I first saw it. Um, I thought it was a great comedy. It had a lot of weird combinations of other films that I knew. Like it felt a little bit like Mad Max. It felt a little bit like The Holy Mountain. It felt a little bit like um. Repo Man, it felt like there was a lot of like weird elements in it that I thought it felt a lot like. And of course, like I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it tonight a lot, but I, I'm still not sure I know exactly what this movie's about. <laughs> like I'm still trying to figure out what I was supposed to pull from that, and I think that's a good thing. If I've had to watch it three times, I'm still kind of asking myself questions and whatnot. So um just thought it'd be an interesting conversation. 
I'll go next. I had not seen or heard of this movie until my, I didn't even, when my, they said Jubilee. I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, I think that's the first time I heard of it. And it was like, I, I guess that's what we're watching. And I had no idea uh, anything about it. I read the synopsis for it and was like, what the, f- the fuck? Okay. And that's it. And then I just went into it like that. And that's when I heard of it. And it's first time I saw it. Without you, Kyle! Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. I was confused because I had no idea that they did a standalone Jubilee film. Dude, I was so pumped. And I thought when it was Mike about, picked yeah. it, I said, yeah. I said, you know what? That's a good character. I want that backstory. Yeah. Then I watched it and I realized it wasn't at all what I thought it would yeah. be. So, uh, no, I, I heard of it when Mick... Uh, bought, the, <laughs> bought it on DVD and he and he showed it to me and he's like, "We should do this." And I was like, "That's a crazy looking cover," and that's all I know. Oh, I thought you meant showed you the movie. He just showed you the box art. They just he literally just showed me the box. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so, what about you, Chris? Oh, of course, I heard of this before. Heard uh, of it. Remember the box art from the video, video store? When I was a kid. I mean, uh, if you guys don't know Jubilee, uh, do you uh, even know? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. It like, is funny that you would call this one out because I had never heard of this movie before. I believe that actually. We'll get him next. We'll get him next time, Cody. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I had never heard of this before, and I did zero research. I didn't watch a trailer or read a synopsis. Me, I just yeah. literally clicked, like, "Oh, okay, that looks interesting. Looks like it's from the '70s." I thought, like the poster art, and then like started it up and I, I I almost feel like maybe I should have read a synopsis before going into this movie. <laughs> it helps. Um, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. But no, first time experience with Jubilee. First time for everyone in this room. Except for Mike. Except for Mike. This is his third watch? Yeah. Okay. Wow. With that being said, let's get to the most uh the probably the most challenging part of this episode. Let's get to plus with Mike. It's actually not that 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 different it, difficult. It, it's actually a story about um, Queen Elizabeth the first has kind of like a like a like a side, alchemist. Yeah, like an alchemist, I guess. And he calls forth this uh, mystical being uh, who says, "All right, uh, what do you want to know?" And she's like, "Well, I want to know kind of like the secrets of the future or whatever." So he brings her into the future, about four hundred years into the future, and uh, it's a it's it's the it's the seventies, but uh, this post-apocalyptic kind of 70s is full of like punk gangs that kind of go on this they're very violent um law and order has completely broken down it's basically they're walking around through a um you know your standard post-apocalyptic world i would say um and it kind of follows this one gang of punks as they kind of go across england uh causing havoc wreaking havoc and uh you know getting into fights and shit uh, and then this is throughout the whole time the queen is just reflecting on all of this. She's watching all of this essentially and just kind of coming in every so often to give her comments about it. There you go. There you have it. So with that being said, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Jubilee. <clears throat> Our school motto was fateful disease reality. Make your desires reality. I, myself, preferred the song, Don't Dream It, Be It. In those days, desires weren't allowed to become reality. So fantasy was substituted for them. Films, books, pictures. They called it art. But when your desires become reality, you don't need fantasy any longer, or art. 
we're back talking about Jubilee 1978, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mike's pick. 59%. Yeah, we're on. not going to, I'm not going with that 100%. Yeah, it's 59. I'll tell you what, man. The people are what count. Wait a second. But like, wh- like how many, how many reviews is like uh, uh, Citizen Kane have? I don't know. That's I don't a great question. Know. How do you know this isn't just because like, it's an old film? So what are we talking about, Cody? Let's get it. Yeah, we're talking about Jubilee. Let's get right okay. into it. Let's jump into it. Here's a question that I have from the get-go on this. Do you guys think that uh, the director was trying to make fun of punk culture, or do you think that he was trying to uh, capture it and maybe it's ideology? Do you believe that? I think he was trying to make fun of it. Okay. Huh. Why do you feel that way? I feel... Because it was just so over-exaggerated and nothing that like punk culture really represented. I disagree. I think he thought he was uh, representing it correctly, but I think people argued against that after the movie came out. Did, I, I, did I think he thought he was it? doing a service to the punk community by shining a light on these punk uh, influencers, you know, or icons at the time, and get in like making them a part of the project and using music, you know, from the bands and. Yeah, I, I think he was actually trying to embrace it in this film. Like, over-exaggerated? Definitely. Definitely over-exaggerated. I was even saying earlier... Then would you put that as a satire, then? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, but satire and making fun of something are a little different, right? Uh, is there a difference in that? Uh, yeah, there is. It's not just making... Yeah, you can't just be like, you're stupid head. So, That's okay, not so maybe it's like, better to say he created a little a more of a fantastical... View of well, I mean, it's it's definitely a false history. Well, so we can give it that a false history. I would say. Why do you say? Why do you say that? Because I mean, let's let's didn't. Well, okay, what didn't work 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 for you to think that that, that he wasn't being serious? That he what? I mean, are I, you saying like the makeup, the costumes, like the 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 uh, oh, the the gangs? Like I just mean from like my sta- I just mean from my standpoint in the history of like. He, he's basically depicting a world where, like, the the punk rock movement has taken over yeah. and it has caused the collapse of society. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, right. So that's what he's like trying to depict, and we all know that didn't happen. Yeah. And it's even a weird thing to depict at that time because it's even even then it's not like that's the majority mindset. What in the late seventies? Yeah. And early eighties? Yeah. That's, that's not when. Ma- that's when like that's when like I, that that I, like, I agree. Punk was big, but that's not the majority mindset. That's I what I'm know saying. It was actually big at this time. It was, it was like it, it was big underground. Yeah, it was like a burgeoning thing. But that's what, that's what I mean. To overthrow a society like that would never. Yeah, but yeah. this is the this is the this is what we're seeing is the voice of somebody who was potentially in that group. So of course it's going to seem a little more bigger and fantastical, right? I don't know because like just... if Spielberg had done this, I'd been like, yeah, I'm but there's a like, there's, off, there's, dude, there's, but... there's, there's things like just violence to be to beget violence. There's just violence to have violence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is not really like I don't know. Like I don't feel like that's truly the punk movement. Was that, just well, I get. I think this uh, the ties into like a blend of a lot of other movies that they were probably inspired by. I've got a Clockwork Orange vibe going on in this movie. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like so did I. I definitely got a uh, early John Waters vibe in this movie. Okay. You right. know, I like. I, I think you. Okay. All right. So did I. I don't know. I'm just. I'm saying like they. I feel like they kind of pulled these influences to try to give you a little bit of everything from this. Like definitely Desperate Living came out in 1977, very much had this like punk influence. Yeah. You know, um, and this came out a year later. I think maybe they 
They they might have been inspired by some. I think some his of that biggest stuff. influence was a guy named Bill Shakespeare. Maybe you've heard of him. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Old William Shakespeare. Old Bill Shakespeare. So the director actually is open about this, about what he was doing with the film. Okay. Like he didn't like see, so research he, would have been when helpful. This, when this film came out, uh, it, it was actually widely criticized by a lot of people in the punk movement for namely the ending. Um, that was a big one because I mean punk rock is all about not doing what they. I mean I don't know if you. Do we care about giving away the ending now at this point? No, we never know. do. Yeah, it's they fine. sell out at the end. Yeah, of they course. They sell out to the big, big guy, and 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 all of what they're saying is kind of bullshit. Uh, and uh, that obviously turned off a lot of people in the punk community because they were definitely saw themselves as anti-establishment. They didn't believe in all this capitalist bullshit. And the biggest capitalist who's buying everything fucking buys these people up. So, uh, also, I think the other thing that they criticized something else about the film. Uh, but namely, like many people did come out, and he even said that um, one of the things I, I if I'm, I, I may not have the quote 100, percent but he, he said that when he saw the punk movement, it fascinated him. But like, he also didn't understand why what he thought was a bunch of kids like glorifying fascism. That's he, how he saw. He it. saw like the hypocrisy. Yeah, in and it. he yeah. there's scenes in this movie where you can tell he's like basically calling some. It sounds like he's calling them full of shit. Yeah, right. and that's what I got yeah. from it too. I can um, see that. So it's 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 a tough. So it's it tough is more satirical me. then, I think. Well, um, yeah, maybe, but there's a lot of. I mean, to get a lot of the people that were in the punk movement at the time to be in the movie, yeah. I had to believe that he was also he couldn't like he couldn't have sold it on as like so. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm make a movie to well, show how bullshit. What about you are. what about like? <laughs> but uh, I mean, happy? if you were punk, I mean, if you were punk. Would you just Super would you punk. do it anyway? Because fuck it, like I don't care what you think about my movement, inc- yes or no. Not, but I, I mean, essentially, he's saying like you wouldn't sell out for it if you really believed in these like principles or whatever. I don't know if he went that meta with it, but I mean, it's, I just it's, think it's if, someone, if someone point. was yeah, <laughs> I I think if someone was like punk, like they just wouldn't give a shit. Sure, I'll be in a movie that makes fun of punk. Uh... Right? Isn't that? I don't know. Because they got they, a lot. A lot of people after seeing the film weren't very happy with it. Yeah, and yeah, there so. were people within the punk movement that were like, "That's not what we're all about." Like, I don't know how you. Why did you perceive us? Well, that's why this I was movement like, this way. I thought like, the, the violence was a weird thing. Like the the sexuality stuff. I was like, okay, you know that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, there's no, there's really no judgment with that. Like within the community, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe outside, but I don't think within in the community. From the little that I know about punk, the punk community, let me first also say that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, no, I don't. No one's here is uh... <laughs> except Mike's like super punk, but he like he doesn't like to show it. Like like, me, like in I'm a super a... straight laced way, like I wear a tie, <laughs> like yeah. that kind of like yeah. 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 But like, but like, you get him on a Good Friday night. He'll he'll yeah. steal a roll of toilet paper from McDonald's. Ooh, I'll fucking do it. Do you think this like film thought it was pushing boundaries yes. at all? Oh, one hundred percent. I don't think he was trying to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Still making. He's still making a like an openly gay movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's incest in it. There's about the open... bisexual brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by like. Like brothers who have sex, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of that. There's open nudity. I mean, not, I mean that's not too odd in the '70s, but like, yeah. Um, I think the way he perceives a lot of the sex scenes, he, I mean, he shows. I feel like threesomes, this... foursomes, fucking murder, murder yeah. 
So like a Caligula situation goes on at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an orgy. Thing. Like um, I, I, some yeah. of it felt very tame though to me compared to some well, other films that have come out well, like at this sure. time. Like this didn't feel like it really pushed it. Like it kind of felt like it was like dipping its toe in that, like, but didn't really. Can I be honest with you? Because I feel like somehow it's the tone of the film. Oddly enough, where a movie where you think. It, I don't know. I was expecting a little something more high energy than what I got, and it's that's a weird thing to say because it seems like this movie is just like weird fights and yeah. I mean, the tone can definitely have a huge effect on like if you're trying to sell violence and you're trying to sell that. And if the tone, the tone of this one just has like such a uh, uh, such a light light heartedness to it, I guess. Like in in a lot of parts, like it's almost kind of it feels it feels goofy. You know what I mean? Do you think it feels goofy because yeah. it's of light? I wouldn't say lightheartedness. I wouldn't say. Do you think it well, feels maybe goofy? that's not the best word? But I maybe feel goofy. like it feels goofy because of where we're at now in 2019, and like looking back at that punk rock era of uh, or that era of punk rock, it's like you guys look fucking goofy. <laughs> no, I think in, in the performances like, and the. I, I think it's in the performances <laughs> and it's with the the over the top the big character hyper characterizations like these you know they're of that he's given each role you know that's what to me it felt like it was and they like have yeah being tongue-in-cheek or and something they do have like. very weird each each one of the, the characters in this punk gang that they he focuses on like they all have very weird fixations like like crabs and char- sex cra- crabs is super into sex yeah. right Body's not into sex but she's nude Throughout the movie, and she's into killing people. She's right? into pain, but she is into pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty clear that Matt is some kind of pyromaniac that just wants to burn the world down. Yep. Ugh. Um, and uh, Amal she also has some kind of weird... like a weird. She's like trying to like she want she's obsessed with like history and like documenting or some shit. She is. She's super into that and teaching people but about it. She's um, like in but in writing it in her own memoirs. Image. Yeah, it's she like thinks. A memoir. Yeah, she they she philosophizes about you know. That's even a word. <laughs> she philosophizes. Philosophizes. Philosophizes um, the shit out of it. I philosophize she, she does, all the time. You know, talk about like the, the concept of like if you know the history is real because I'm writing it kind of yeah. thing. Like she talks about like what is history? Is it the person that gets to write? Like it gets you thinking about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And believe me, like a lot of this film is just them talking philosophy mm-hmm. back and forth in some kind of weird pentameter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it takes a while to kind of get it hooked into that like I, I i you know i kind of expected it at the beginning because we open up with this occultist and the queen and you know this angel ariel that's like following them around and stuff and it's like okay like i would expect them to speak differently you know but like a lot of the dialogue even in the 70s you know punk era that the these uh gods are visiting you know, um, yeah, they do have like a po a poeticness to them. Everything is kind of said in a, in a in a way that. Well, that's why I was like, yeah, Bill Shakespeare is right. It has a cadence to it and stuff like mm-hmm. that that you have to to play on. But I mean, everything's trying to say something, but it says it very like uh, I don't know, passively or like just poetically, I guess. Like eloquent, uh, not eloquently. I guess maybe. I guess that, no. Yeah. I would. I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with that one hundred percent. No, no, not every character, but there's a lot of it, and it's heavy. I think that's what movie. I think that's what the the director's shooting for. I don't know necessarily if he achieves that. Wait, what? Just the the whole 
the whole like poetic like I'm you know like every I'm every, an artist yeah every every <laughs> scene is like I'm saying this yeah it's like a big it's like a broad or not a Broadway but like a theatrical monologue about yes. you know like mm-hmm. making some point about something and I don't and think it hits end scene for yeah for me like I don't think it hits like once it becomes that's what the movie is because there is no plot that's where I, I'm that's where I'm you're losing me you're losing me right there. Quick, because that happens real quick. I would say probably after the first uh, thirty minutes. Yeah. Well, we what you just realize that it's a- kind of aimless. Is that the problem? Yeah, you realize that it's kind of aimless, but then then it's like, well, everything you're supposed to get is in these monologues. But then you get so overloaded with the monologues, you don't remember what the last because you're trying said. to decipher even yeah, what they're talking, talking about, about, so you don't have time to digest mm-hmm. that one and then hear another one and yes. try to figure that shit out too. So it's like maybe on the third watch, like Mike, you start that. Maybe that's what you're saying. You you pick up more on the dialogue and what it's referencing and what it means. And well, I mean, and that's another tough thing you have to realize about this film. (laughs) Like, like, so we're all Americans, and there's a lot of British history involved in this film. Yeah, and I again, and even this first time, I didn't even realize like the first lesson that um, Amyl Nitrate is teaching, like the room is about something called the Moore's murders, which is like something that happened in Manchester where like this couple like murdered like a like hundred people. Wow. <laughs> like they killed a whole bunch of people. Never heard of that. You know, if this was Jeffrey Dahmer, everybody would understand it here in America. Right. Like and I, I guess essentially what she's saying in that, because I don't know the history, is like she's kind of saying she's actually glorifying the killings. Um in some way. Mm-hmm. But like again, I didn't know what it was. So I'm sitting here like you're just saying words right now. I don't know what That's you're saying. Weird... So I got, and you have to like literally look it up if you don't know the history here. Right. That's such a weird thing about our society too, is how we glorify like these situations and murders. Serial and killers stuff like are that. actually icons in, yeah. in in a lot of ways. They're hot right now. I mean, they're making documentaries. They're in right now. Oh, dude. definitely. Yeah, Zach Efron's playing well, them. Yeah. Zach Efron's That's playing them everywhere. <laughs> Anytime the public gets Looking scared, good and serial <laughs> killers start to come up. But no, it's like this. It's this weird <laughs> affirmation for them. You know, it which is, is like this character. Str- did, did. It is a strange thing. It's like this weird obsessive thing that we have in, in our. It's like it, to me, it almost feels like it's you're you're forcing yourself to to be uncomfortable. And the only reason I bring it up is because that's something that's like really I feel like glorified in this movie is yeah. like the violence. Yeah. It, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to feel like a dangerous dystopian. But I mean, <laughs> all they do is just light things on fire. But do I do that. want to say, in this, in the same <laughs> way that paint. I think that Clockwork Orange does. Yeah. Like I feel like I didn't at any point in time feel like the film does all these violent things. Like at the end of Clockwork Orange, you you realize by the time you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is a commentary about how violence is bad. Like I'm supposed to be horrified by all of this. He's, you know. Hmm. I feel like this film does the same thing. Like it doesn't end with, and you know what, violence is cool, guys. Again, like. Like I feel like action movies like Fast and the Furious glorify violence. Yeah, because this doesn't feel like <laughs> a glorification of it as much as like let's show how terrible it is. Yeah, they're not glorifying violence; they're glor- glorifying family, Mike. Family? Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. Fast and Furious again. Yeah. The family yeah. unit. Well, this one's about the family about unit too. A family, of, about family. A, a gang. A, I mean, essentially, they're a gang, right? I mean, and they're. They are again. They're just traveling yeah. around causing chaos. It's really just, you know, the and cast is of Cecil B. Yeah, I got a r- mm-hmm. heavy Cecil B vibe. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Waters was influenced by this, you know, for that film. Like like the fact that they have their own layer that they live in and, you know, like it's just a gang of like very weird people. And again, you- another movie that like 
are these like half the film is them just talking philosophies about right. shit. Exactly. You know? Yep. It's yep. um yeah, like I said, like when I first saw this, that's exactly just how I felt. Like we've already named off so many films that were like, it reminded me of this film. Or my that's exactly what I thought this whole time watching this film was just like mm-hmm. this reminds me of that scene in fucking Repo Man. This reminds me right. of that scene in yeah, like it's so weird, and you can't tell like who influenced. Yeah, I do the same thing. Like, look up, like, well, which one came first? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I did get a Holy Mountain vibe yeah. on, in some areas with this, like, but I, I'm pretty sure Holy Mountain was like '74 or something. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's just a mixture of sharing going on here. It seems like, and 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 the punk era, like, I feel like this punk era, I mean, it only really lasted a short amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like this, then it kind of morphed into, like, the new wave shit. Well, and, who like, could afford those those makeup fees, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was not impressed with, like, the makeup on, uh, that that was used on some of these for, like, I just feel like it was, like, really shittily done. Was, now, well, yeah. I mean, I think that was also kind of the point. Was it? Yeah. It's like street gang, they don't really have time to make it look awesome. I mean, like, it's just it was like let's be honest. Like if I if I have to go back and just be like, oh man, that's a stupid fucking trend. That was a stupid fucking trend. The hair, the, the, the way lines looked, in yeah. the face, yeah. The way it looked, I get it. Like it's you know, for that time it's rebellious, whatever. Pump your hair up even more than the other girls are right now. You know, but like big hair was in seventies and eighties, man. Big hair Who was had in big hair in this movie. I'm just saying, like normal people. Yeah. You know, not in the punk movement. Uh, like, okay. you just have uh, bigger hair in a different. <laughs> you just have bigger hair in a different direction. Amyl Nitrate had some big ass hair in this yeah, movie. Yeah, she had some big <laughs> you know, hair. Just, Chaos. I mean, it's a and it's one of those things where you're supposed to be like, oh man, these are badasses. But then you're also like, man, all you guys like, not at the time, understand this was cool at the time, but right now y'all look like circus clowns to me. <laughs> <laughs> Doing cartwheels into the room and shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> I get at the time like you guys were like fucking strange and this was cool, but man, does this not hold up? And you know, you know, I don't, know, I don't like looking. look at fucking David Bowie and be like, what a fucking idiot! Like, no, oh, because it's, it's David fucking that's Bowie. David Bowie, what's wrong with you? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the same. Like, Amal Lightright looks like I always thought that she's like, oh, she stole this from like a fucking Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust situation. Yeah, well, like, I mean, you're not far <laughs> off from yeah. saying David Bowie. Like Brian Eno did the score for this. He's worked yeah. a lot with David Bowie. Like, I mean, like. This this was placating to that era of like that late seventies punk moving into glam like kind mm-hmm. of well, that Bowie was glam like that's what I mean like so I know they were trying to kind of use like yeah, that I that gathered. trend yeah. yeah that they were just going with I mean I don't know I guess I look back on certain things and I don't always say like. Um, like, I, if I watch Liquid Sky, I don't watch Liquid Sky and just be like, I mean, that's a little stupid. I kind of just like, it's a product of its time. I no, I agree with that. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's one of those things for me is like, I'm like, I know I'm supposed to take you as a badass, but damn, like, I don't. I mean, I think bell bottoms were always stupid, but sometimes I look at them and I say, you know what? Some people Maybe they were onto that. Some people can <laughs> Maybe we're onto something over there. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> they look good on, on some one. people. I agree with you on that one. I don't know. The fashion for me is just not, you know, it's not, it's not a cup of tea for me. But let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Jubilee. Wave, don't you think? Oh, give us a break. I'm going to make it into a crash helmet. That'd give it some use. Mm, that would be distinctive. Why didn't we steal the pearls as well? I never liked pearls. Or oysters. Yeah, pearls are for the pure. And the world's your oyster, so swallow it. Talking about Jubilee 1978. Glad you guys are tuning in tonight or the day. 
<laughs> Sorry. Tomorrow. It really could be any time. <laughs> it, could be, it could be tomorrow. And the crazy tomorrow. thing is only they know. Only, we can't only, ever know. Guys, only you know. <laughs> and right now? We don't know what time it is for you right now. Your fucking mind It are might blown. be Thursday, be, though. This is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> that I'm, like, breaking the weird fourth wall, even though, like, technically we're always breaking Dude, the Dude, think about always. this. Think about this. It takes, like, 0.8 seconds for your brain to process things. So you're only living in the present for whatever's left over of that one second. And then it's the past. Think about That's that. fucked up. Okay. You like that like shit? That. You like that shit? No, no dude. No. I just make I just make Chris sad. That's why everybody should so, just do acid. Let me ask this question. <laughs> was the point of the queen going four hundred years into the future? Was that just because she was bored? No. And that's I mean, I, no. my under, my understanding is that she was trying to gain a level of knowledge. It was I, because the queen so, got yeah. murdered, and so she had to go and see what happened. Right? Yeah. Wasn't that the case? Uh, um, I thought she just asked for vision. No, she just and, asked for that happened. Yeah. She didn't even know that happened before the alchemist started doing his alchemy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I just took it as you know, if I'm an aristocrat and have a bunch of money, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a week off and just travel the world. Yeah, it's like. Genie shows up. What do you ask him? I want to go to the past, present, or future. I mean, like maybe, I don't know maybe, maybe that's future. maybe that's something you ask. Maybe I don't you're think like, I, "Hey, I don't think I wasted uh, Jay, on the Genie. <laughs> I maybe want to go past, present, or future. I'm already here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna rule that that's one. That's a out. waste of a like, wish. Genie's just there. You know, I can do, like it's any three witches. Yeah. yeah. Right. Past, present, future. Right? All of them. Yeah. yeah. I want. Wait, to you use... want to go to the present? I'm already there. Yes. Can you take? Can you take me to the present? <laughs> no, do you want to do this, Chris? It's going to be the biggest mind. I don't know. I, I'm really letting you know that this. you're wasting wishes right now. I don't know if you really can handle the power of the wishes, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's like real concern. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think I can. I feel bad for this guy. I went the rule book he, real quick. See if there's any way out of the this. lamp. He got three wishes and he spent all three on the present. I don't know <laughs> what that means. Could have made that. Could have made, made that man like the you know the leader of this world. Kept on saying the present. I don't understand. No, we, so just, <laughs> we just kept we just kept flashing to the same spot. A, a logic bomb. It's like logic bombing a genie. <laughs> like take me to the present. I wish I was in the present. But we're already he and it just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't grant the wish. Owned. I've been destroyed magically. <laughs> like that's, that's like how you turn Wishmaster into a horrible movie. Yeah. Just put Chris in there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I was in the present. <laughs> Boom! Oh, fuck it, suck up. it. <laughs> fuck. Ten minute film. <laughs> Didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> shit, he's a genius. He's defeated me already. Yeah, for that I get ten more wishes. <laughs> So she goes 400 years in the future, and I guess this is what his depiction of what this is. I guess her 1978, yeah, I guess is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's still the 70s. I mean, so this would be an alternative future, then, right? I mean, essentially. Well, wait, yeah. Ken, is this like is this is this like Terminator? Now she as, That's a, what as I the wonder. queen can make changes in policy. That's what I was to thinking. affect a future outcome that's different, or that's, is it like is time a stream and you can't yeah, stop it. that? Is she like in? I don't know. Go like in a hologram. Is she like the ghost of Christmas <laughs> present? Then, Chris, <laughs> you're all about the present. You know, we're all we're on different planes of existence, Cody. All existing in the present. Uh, we talked a lot about just God one. damn, God damn it, Chris. Whoa. <laughs> and so she's just visiting your a different plane over. of existence. Pull your car over and take that in. Because <laughs> Chris just blew your mind. Just breathe it in. <laughs> <laughs> Have a smoke. Think about it. Damn. Mm. Right there. Boom. 
No, I, I, I mean, but she's clearly just there to observe for, I guess, no other reason than to understand why things went wrong. I think I, I think I took it more as it's 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 uh, a, a thirst of knowledge type thing. That, that's, that's all I took I it as. She just she literally just wanted to know. So you why don't think no no Terminator two like she's not going there to change the future? I mean, listen, Cody, the kid inside me is really hoping that Sarah Connor pulls through in this Dude, movie, but fucking she fucking she been. fucking doesn't. I just, think she she learns what she needs to learn, and then she just ends up on a how beach. sick would that been if as you're watching this and the ballerinas dancing and the dude with the weird mask and his dick hanging out. <laughs> Standing yeah. around, Sarah Connor just busts in, blows his dick off, walks up to the camera, is like, Skynet is coming. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> I like that movie. It's so funny. It's where, like, James Cameron got the idea for Terminator. Yeah, like, from Jubilee. Yeah. No one's going to know this, but I'm actually making Jubilee 2. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually a sequel to Jubilee. <laughs> they had this random character that didn't have any explanation, so I thought backstory. Yeah. So crazy. His name Joey. was Sky Net. <laughs> Think about that. Sky Net. It's a net, like a fisher's net in the sky, in the but sky. it connects Incredible. the world. Think connects about that. And it's nukes. Could yeah. destroy everything. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're trying everything in our power to not talk about the film. This <laughs> we seg- gotta talk in about this the portion film. of the segment. But there's no, I mean, she goes back just to base, she goes forward, I'm sorry, just to see it. Like, she just wants the knowledge right, of what's going think, on. Yeah. And there she is. She sees, you know, her ans- her well, future ancestor dead. At one point in robbed, time, yeah, robbed, robbed, by... and um, I think she's just curious as to how the world ended up this way, and here she is, and she's relatively safe. I don't think anybody can actually perceive her, as far as I know. No, and her also her com- traveling companions, which they is... can interact with their world, yeah. though, with yeah. that world. Leotard well, yeah, guy, one of the Ariel. guys talks to the kid. Yeah, with he, the he like pokes the kid, and the kid runs off. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but what if that's like a ghost poking you in the shoulder, dude? You run <laughs> off. I guess maybe they're never scared because they have like a fucking angel or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like you never want to. You never want to get ghost poked. Listen, yeah, you don't. You don't, <laughs> especially from somebody who has no pupils, who's all pupil, <laughs> who's all pupil and, and painted fingernails gray. Good choice. They were black. Uh, the they were gray. His skin gray. was gray. They, the his nails skin was black. also yeah. I thought this was, was the best makeup great. job in the entire. Uh, I would agree with you. <laughs> just eyes, just black eyes. Black eyes. This movie's really hard to talk about because it is again. It's just uh, it's it's monologue after monologue after monologue. Like I, I'll be honest. Like just to, I guess get into my my stuff with it, man. I did I did have as I was watching this film. I, I would say the pacing of this movie is something that is 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 hard to get down with, mm. man. I'll agree with that. Holy wow, man. I don't know how many times I said, how long is this fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, I was watching this movie and like, I think it took me like a, a solid five hours to finish. Cause I'd, I'd be in it for like 30 minutes and then I'd pause. I checked in right at the hour mark and was like, oh man, 48 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy kept saying like, you still watching him? like, yeah, it's, I gotta do it in waves. Yeah. Yeah. Watch a little, digest it. Then come back to it. It's a it's a I'm hard thing. Not to even do. gonna disagree with you guys. I, I actually was telling Chris off camera or off microphone. Oh, and camera and camera. Oh, oh. I forgot. Coldfilmreview.com. God, we're like fucking Jesus. You double too. threats. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> we're gonna start writing books. That triple. <laughs> I was telling Chris that like when I was watching this movie, I was about a half an hour in, and I said. Man, maybe three is too many times for this film. <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, fuck, man, this is, uh, it's long. It doesn't move fast. No. Yeah. And I feel like also the, the point of like, it's like, okay, we're going to be long and then 
code everything, but not code everything. And what do you mean code? I, I mean with the with the way the the line delivery is and the the talking the, about CSS. The prophetic, uh, the prophetic monologues. I guess. Do you think it's fair to say that this say is it. an experimental film? Duh. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I think Absolutely. it's experimenting so, with a lot of things, but I think it is saying things that are very, very, very clear. I mean, I think that we don't, we haven't talked any about them, but we haven't talked at all about um, uh, Gins. Oh, the yeah. I, I guess I don't want to know if I would consider him a villain, but I guess he is the the antagonist kind. But, of like, the, yeah, guy. yeah. His name is uh, God damn. I don't. I wouldn't call him the villain in the film. I think I he. he I think he. If anything, he represent. He he just represents like sell, selling out. But he represents. I think he represents capitalism. I think he. Was yeah, just he's, like he's definitely. Up, ca- saying, he's definitely yes. representing capitalism. But yeah. it's it's funny how all of the the punks gravitated towards him because that was the opportunity to, to be mm-hmm. a famous punk. Mm-hmm. But then. In turn, you just end up becoming part of the machine, and yeah. then sell. Eventually, just selling out. Borgia, it's Borgia, yeah. Borgia yeah. Gins. You're right, right on the Gins. Yeah, yeah. I can I just say I while we're on the topic, loved this character. I thought this was one of my favorite. This is I like one of the one best of characters, characters in the characters film. Too. The way he enunciates his dialogue is like unmatched. I feel like like he is just really good at doing that specific accent and. And it, it adds a lot to his facial expressions and his character. And I feel like he just, like I said, like it was almost frighteningly good. <laughs> like, like his face was just crazy. I think he's probably the most interesting thing to watch. Yeah. I would say. I agree with that. He definitely had a, a case of the giggles. I'd say he's most oh interesting. Oh, God. The, right? His enunciation reminds me of enunciation from like Pink Flamingos, mm-hmm. and I wasn't a fan of that, and I wasn't a fan of his performance in this. So. Really? But it makes sense it that, you're, good, that you're... Actually. Nah, it's just... Oh, man, it's just too much of a cartoon character. Right. Well, I don't hate it, but I feel like it fits for this, because, I mean... I don't know. There's a, like... <sighs> Again, I'll, this is my always my thing, but there's not a likable fucking person in this movie. No, again. I don't. Th- I don't think they. I think they actually make go out of their way to make sure that no one's likable. Uh, I think maybe the kid is the only person. Uh, I think uh, Krabs is my favorite. No, Krabs actually. She's Krabs probably the most likable. Krabs is likable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She still fucking murders a guy, Chris. Yeah, well, She's a cop adorable. that murdered. Uh, wait, no, she, no, she, she murders just murders a random. Just murders a well, random dude. True. She does murder somebody in cold because he one. came too early. I think it's the kid, man. Like he's the one guy that I feel like. I mean, obviously saying that he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. Sometimes because I, I only caught it this time, I didn't realize that. Like, okay, so there's there's two brothers in this that are. Incestuous, right? And twins? I don't know. Maybe um, twins. No. They're definitely brothers. One of them brothers. looks like Paul Bentley, though, or Bentony, Bentony, Bentony. Yeah, Bentony. Oh, okay, Angel. It's called um, by his Avengers character name, please. So, like, <laughs> Vision. <laughs> Gin starts luring the kid because he likes his music and he wants to make him something, right? And I didn't realize that, like, that whole conversation that they're having on top of the roof, he, they're like trying to talk him out of it. And he's laughing at them about yeah. it, but it's like such a weird scene because it, it takes a while to figure out what the fuck they're talking about, what they're, you know, saying, and then you see that they die like very shortly after this, right. and then the kid dies too. I don't know. I feel like maybe those three characters for some reason I felt were like the most likable. Yeah, I but would the agree kid that. really doesn't do anything violent. I think or the kill one. Anybody, I think the one that so. plays the character Angel. I thought he was the most likable. Yeah. in this movie. I was gonna say maybe the artist. Yeah, I don't remember what her I name thought. Was. Art is, I, I mean, likeable is two people in having incest. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is kind of a piece of shit. The painter, the painter, uh, I would say, yeah, she's probably a pretty like. I mean, so okay, so then we've agreed. There's a handful of characters that are. Yeah, likeable. but all the screen, like all the screen time, goes to like basically those three girls. Yeah. Right. That's true, but but each one of them. See, but here's the thing turds. that I like. Now, hold on. <laughs> one thing I do like about it is how different each one of those girls looks at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like Bod, you can tell is just like calculating. Um, she consistently gets mad at at Maddie, mad because she's more of like a, it all needs to burn down. And but she keeps telling her, "You're like get your emotions get too entangled," and, you, and she definitely plays it that way. I mean, she's like off the wall kind of in this film. I would almost say that she's doing a bad job if I didn't feel like it was so consistently one way that I thought like, well, I guess it's acting, you know? Talking about Maddie's character. Yeah, I'm talking about Maddie's character. Oh, she was one of the worst ones, the harder one to watch. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't say she did a bad job. There was one scene. She played scene, the role correctly. There was yeah, one scene that saying. she really convinced me on. But is oh, it hard? And, and the scene that she really convinced me on, like, I, I agree, she's obnoxious as fuck in a lot of these scenes, but... The one scene is when she castrates the fucking cop. Mm-hmm. That scene when she actually attacks him, like I saw, like I was like, man, she went full anger. Well, on then this. Like, she, she like, looked the convincing. way she cried afterwards. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was that was like her best performance in this she, in this film. She gave it her all in that scene, and, and she's I, really the only yeah. person that really even shows much emotion. I mean, even Krabs, who we've always said like is likable, like she lures that cop and yeah, goes through with it. And yeah. like I was just like, Dude, at one point in time, I was like, "Is she in on it? Have you guys ever seen a <laughs> champagne bottle yeah. bomb before? Because them shits just blow up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking set your whole front of yeah. your house on fire. I tried to yeah. saber that one that one time, and it exploded everywhere. Yeah, you can like you a, get Molotov cocktail, that blow something up. Yeah, I feel like that, 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 that thing was like a goddamn grenade. <laughs> Let's get into some of the technical, shall we? Sure. Into this, okay. Which I would like to talk about. Yeah, lead us, lead us there. I listen. I saw a lot of reviews online saying like this is. Visual is like a like a visually great, um, as far as not just aesthetic but like shot really well. And I gotta come off uh, on this one and kind of disagree. And I think it was on purpose that it wasn't shot very well. But but like I mean, almost every shot's like standard, just sitting on a fucking tripod. And people, oh, man, nah, I'm gonna disagree wrong. with you on that too. There are shots I, that are like there is bricky. Like there, there, there <laughs> are shots. That's the one thing that I actually <sighs> noticed in this movie was the shots, like simple stuff, but. It was set up well. It, like the shot when they're carrying the body that uh, crabs just killed, and they toss it into the dry fucking river, and it just thuds in the mud. Like that whole that the way that shot is framed, it's just I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a great, great. I, I yeah, I think that the ballet is shot real well. Yeah, like I... that's a, that's there's there are shots that like just look like portraits. I think they're fucking fantastic. I, I would totally disagree with you. I think this film is shot really well. And it's probably its best feature. I I think it's uh got definitely got a harshness and a grittiness to it, no matter what the shot is in this but it plays to the its punk nature, you know, so like it definitely feels sixteen millimeter. They they overuse mm. the zoom quite a bit, just like a Pink Flamingos does, you know. Like, but they do have like there's a lot of intelligence to the way they set up the shots. Like I, the one in particular is like 
yeah, the long zoom back revealing a baby carriage that's on fire. Like there's always they're always giving you a little extra when they do something, you know. So yeah, yeah there's I, just a lot of shit on fire though for no reason. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with yeah, the yeah, yeah, man. Well, no, yeah, yeah, it's like that's how we're gonna show that this is this is <laughs> yeah. spray paint you want fire, me to fire, dude. Set another <laughs> thing on fire. Do you want me to ruin my how career? How is <laughs> I have a, a reputation to maintain. Yeah. How are you supposed French? to know this is uh, post-apocalyptic? I don't know. Set the grass on fire. Yeah. That's what the future's like. Exactly. Burning bushes. Uh, yeah. Hey, fuck your picket fence. Well, how many bushes do you see burning right now? Yeah, none. <laughs> Because we don't. Because 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 yeah. We're let's not be honest. If you, if you saw anything on fire in real life in the real world, you'd be fucking pissing yourself. Like, what's going on? Somebody attack somebody. Yeah. Why is things the, don't just catch on fire? Yeah, why is the basketball court on, <laughs> fire, on fire? This makes sense. Movie. Everything's yeah. on fire in this movie. And then I'll go to the soundtrack. Um, I don't know any of the bands or the fucking famous punk rock people in this movie. So you got to forget. Yeah, neither do I. That. Not okay. at all. You know. Uh, the plastic surgery song, I like that one. Uh, there's probably like one or two that I liked in here. Yeah, I mean, really honestly, you're like, what's there wasn't a, it's it's a blur. I don't can, remember any can of the I music because there wasn't enough music in it. It's not even like even on the Wikipedia page, they don't even have a section for the music. <laughs> so there wasn't enough. If I mean, it, it, this was real underground. I think at the time it was pretty underground stuff. Anyways, there's one band in there that didn't even have a Wikipedia page. Well, there's like Susie and the Banshees. Like she, they, they went on to be well known. Like there's obviously musicians involved in this. So, but yeah, the music I didn't really like. Whatever you know, just kind of came and went. Like it felt like yeah. But isn't that like a big part of this movie though? And it's lore. Isn't that like a big thing of this movie? Is it's music for the like the punk rock idols that are in this movie and the music that was in it? I wouldn't necessarily say that. I guess the fact that Brian Eno did the music would be the biggest claim. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I thought that was one of the badge of honors for this movie. I mm. just don't even see a section for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if I it's mean, not on Wikipedia, then it wasn't important. It wasn't important. Though. I mean, some of the punk rock stuff is just like not like. I mean, Amal Nitrip just does the Hail Britannia song. I couldn't yeah. stand just, that fucking song. It was just played it's too so weird. in like a weird synthoid kind of like. Yeah, this weird over vibrato yeah. in her voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, um, you don't want the over vibrato. No, you want under vibrato. Want under vi- under vibrato, or at definitely. least just enough vibrato. How many dBs <laughs> is a vibrato? <laughs> How many dBs is a vibrato? That's about a, a really two and a d- half. Depends on the vibrato, Cody. Oh, wow. Three, 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 three. <laughs> yeah, depends on the vibrato. Depends on the vibrato. You heard it I, I don't know. I did, the, the, what, going back to it, the movie. The, I mean, the music. Um, I'll be honest. With you, like, I remember somebody telling me one time that like, punk musicians are just like a bunch of like fairly talented people that like just don't know how to play their instruments and there are times in this where i was kind of like oh yeah i get that joke yeah there was like the first band they show i'm like god damn that's awful <laughs> sounds like cats pissing and fighting at the same time it's awful but it's i mean horrible. that I, I i can't say that i don't like the music there's songs in there that i definitely yeah. like there is there is actually really good songs in there. like the the guy that they kill the kid who, the no the one who like fakes being dead yeah kid Right? No, 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 no. He dies. No, um, the one with the wig that they ch- they fucking choke out. Oh, um, oh, lizard. lounge lizard. Lounge lizard. Lounge lizard. Yeah. That song was pretty fucking good. That man. was a good yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's some good. So, like, there is some good tunes in there. Yeah, not, not, not enough to be memorable. memorable. That's the problem. Yeah. I, I don't feel yeah. like there was enough song and songs in there. I'm like, yeah, uh, I, dude, I was expecting more. I'm like, you got I, an hour and forty eight minutes. You're giving me like five songs. <laughs> I mean, and I, barely like thirty seconds of each like, one. Repo Man doesn't. I mean. There's not like a bunch of like interludes with music in that movie, but no. it's definitely a punk 
music inspired film. It definitely like yeah. rides in the background. I'm trying to think know, if there really is a punk music inspired th- film that's like so much about the music. Maybe SLC not about punk. Any... Yeah, I don't, I don't no. know. <laughs> SLC punk, if you remember, is like kind of the same message of this is like everybody sells out. Like, yeah, it's kind of the same fucking message, yeah. if I remember correctly. Obviously. SLC oh. Punk 2, though? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Who knows? <laughs> right in. Right? I don't know. I thought that, yeah, there were things I liked. I liked the set design. I liked that. I thought, you know, I the thought set- the editing was kind of weak. Like, there was definitely yeah. some moments where the camera was rolling and there were, like, action, and then they started acting, you know? Like, there was... But, you know, to, to be expected in some of these, like, 70s... I don't know what the... What, did we say what the budget was on this? Uh, no. A, I mean... I read from high, anywhere from, yeah. like... There's two different... They said as high as 200000 I'm guessing super low budget. Yeah. It, and and also very experimental. So it was like, okay, like Did you hear that industry talk? I guess it's super low budge. Experimental. It's low, it's low B. Low B. You know, you know experiment. You got low B on that? You got low B on that. You guys want to rate this mammer jammer? What do you say we rate this mammer jammer? Sure. Yeah, okay. All right, Mike, what are we rating it? Uh let's uh rate it uh ketchup bottles. Ketchup bottles. Oh, good. Oh, we didn't even talk about that shit. We didn't talk about that scene. No. There's fucking people in this movie. Ketchup bottles. Go for uh, it, Cody. I'll go first. This is just not my type of movie. I think that's just the, <laughs> I, easy, the easiest thing for me. I think I just don't like nihilistic films. I think that's a thing, too. Because, you know, like I would even compare this movie to true stories and a fact of where it's like it's trying to be this like avant garde art film. Uh, and like it's kind of disjointed and you're getting these like different stories of different, you know what I mean? Uh, but like the difference is that movie has charm where I feel like this one just doesn't on purpose, you know? And it, I don't know if like, this is one of the, the sense man bites dog. I feel like this is like the second most snootiest film <laughs> that we fucking re- reviewed. I just feel like it's just such a nose up. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with a two on this. There's things to like about it, but, uh, I wasn't really that entertained and it didn't never really sucked me in personally, but I could see how it could suck other people in. Um, it just depends on what you're looking for in a film. This t- for me is just not what I'm looking for. Anybody, uh, Kyle, anybody, uh, <laughs> Kyle, uh, I'm going to come in at a two on this one as well. Um, and I, I will say barring another watch because after I was done watching this, I did think to myself, Holy shit. I probably should have watched this with another person. Because I think it might have been a little more of an engaging experience. This is the type of movie that I feel like when you watch it, you need you need somebody to kind of spitball the scenes off of and kind of like talk through like little things that are happening. Um, because there is so much that is kind of getting thrown at you with all of these really long, uh, d- these long monologues these people go on. It's pe- like three people are monologuing together at the same time. You're like, what the fuck are they talking about? So I think a second watch might give me like a broader appreciation of the film but first time through I'm pacing is just uh I think the pacing is fucking off on this movie um uh production wise though like the the cinematography I think is fucking tits it's fantastic it I agree with what Mike said earlier a lot of the scenes look like it is shot by a photographer like a photographer framed these and kind of produced these images. So I got to give it credit for that. But for the time being, I'm going to come in at a two. Chris. I'm coming in at two and a half ketchup bottles on this. Um, when I came away from this movie, I had a very similar feeling to when I watched the visitor, which was like, okay, I got like a bunch of kind of surreal shit, you know, but 
it left me with like a eh, like okay, like Im- imagery wise, like and and yeah, production wise, like it did some interesting things. It definitely explored like experimental territory. Um, you know, even in the way that the the movie was written, I feel like they were definitely going for experimental. Um, and on the production side, they they succeeded on the length of time and like the whole point of the movie, like it, it kind of lost me. Like it, it just made it not exciting. Thus the pacing was suffering from, uh, you know, from all of that. Um, I wasn't super in love with any of the characters. Um, so it was hard to pay attention and maybe that's what made it drag more out for, you know, for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, barring another watch, maybe it could go up, but man, that was a long hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> that was a long one. And uh yeah, I mean it it felt I mean it felt a little too like it was trying a little too hard to kind of pull from other films that I maybe like a little bit better. So, two and a half uh ketchup bottles. And Mike uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Uh, as much as uh, I have to agree with like all of you guys, because like I mean, the, it, it is a glaring problem is that the pacing in this is pretty rough. Like, um, I wasn't joking when I said it the third time. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I didn't have to see this again. <laughs> like, but um, I guess there's something just fascinating about this film to me. I mean, yes, I believe the cinematography is great. I think it's wonderful. Um, but like I do pick up something a little more. The only problem is that it does require like a level of research. Like, and that can be a little tough. Like that I have to sometimes be like, well, what's she talking about here? And then I gotta go look up some like, you know, like scholarly article about how you know, this is about some murder or something that happened in England. It, it's it's tough. I mean, it, it just it just takes a little work on my part. I'm sure if somebody uh, was living at the time, I'm sure maybe a lot of the stuff they're talking about in the news is probably common knowledge in England. Uh, American, though, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and not that great at history. Uh, but um, it's still a fascinating watch to me, man. And I, I really like films that I like uh, see one time and ask myself every single time, do I actually like this film or am I just like, am I full of shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> am I just falling for bullshit? Um, but again, like three times and I probably will watch this film again. I see myself definitely doing it again, trying to pick up new things. So, uh, that's it. Second, four, four second criterion film in a row. True stories is a criterion as yeah. well. Are they the, they got the stamp of cult approval. Guess what? Not coming, <laughs> not coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> Not coming fucking next week, tell you that much. <laughs> That's our show for this week. Oh, we got a review to read. Before we go, we have a review to read. <laughs> do we have a review to read, Cody? Yeah, Kyle, do you wanna you wanna read that review? Sure. Why Kyle, not? we have a review to read. Please read the review. We do. <laughs> we have a five-star review coming at us from PPBB123455. And title review says, Love you guys. And oh, the review too. says, I'm 18 and a film major. Even though I feel like I have a very different perspective and opinions from you guys, especially on kids, there's a question mark and exclamation point, maybe because I'm younger and kind of idolize this movie. Total cult film, in my opinion. Anyway, I love listening to your podcast. Keep it up. I think it's cool that there's an 18-year-old that likes kids. Yeah. I oh, I do, very too. Cool. It makes me think that, like, the, like, you know, it makes me feel like the future's not ending. <laughs> 
No, but then well, here we are reviewing like a seventies film. So. The future's not ending. <laughs> it's not. Skynet hasn't hit us yet. Yeah. I was just thinking about when we first saw kids, and like we were around that, that around age, age, you know. Yeah. So and, and at that time, dude, that was a really fucking important movie to not, me. Not me. I first saw kids about a year ago when we reviewed it on yeah. this That's podcast. True. That's true. But no, I'm glad that you still listen, even though you don't agree with us a lot. That's that's the kind of the point of it too. Is it's it's you're getting it's four a, different perspectives. Yeah. On film, and each one of us has a different taste. So I'm glad that you can, uh, you know, you know, still get down with us, even though you may not agree with us. You know, you know, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's our show for this week. But thank you for the review. Make sure that you guys head over to iTunes, leave us a review, so we can give you a shout out at the end of the show. Then head over to cultfilmandreview.com, pick up a T-shirt. May 10th, we will be at Fame's Film Bar. For Buffalo 66, make sure when tickets are available, you get those. Follow us on social media at ColtFilm underscore review on Twitter. ColtFilm in review on Instagram. Check out the Facebook page. You can also follow Kyle at... You can follow me on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at... ColtFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at... At Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. And that's how you one take it. <laughs>